When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? Good. How about yourself? Uh, uh, I'm excited. There's lots of new music coming out. We got a new Kylie Minogue single. There's a Dua Lipa Barbie mm, single on, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so much is happening. So much pop. So much pop. <laughs> because, you know... We're shopping for it or something. I don't know. All right. Well, anyway, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time now has the most consecutive weeks at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart since, wait for it, the Titanic soundtrack. Wow. You know, the that, Titanic soundtrack. That soundtrack. That soundtrack. <laughs> uh, back, way back in 1998. Uh, plus, Luke Combs takes his faithful cover of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car to the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100, the first cover of an 80s top 10 song to go top 10 since... 2010. Mm. What song was that? Honestly, you'll never guess it. (laughs) Good luck. But we'll tell you what it is in just a moment. Also on the show, we're talking about the just-released trailer for the film adaptation of The Color Purple Musical. Fantasia is back in the role of Celie, which she played on Broadway and in the touring production, and we're wondering if the season three American Idol champ just might be on the path to an Oscar. Mm. So stick around for that. But first, before we get started... If you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's do the chart chat. First up, Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time clocks an 11th consecutive and total week atop the Billboard 200 albums chart. It now has the most weeks in a row at number one. Since the Titanic soundtrack sailed at number one for 16 consecutive weeks in 1998, and that was its entire run at number one. One Thing at a Time is also the first album of any genre to spend its first 11 weeks at number one since Whitney Houston's Whitney also ruled for its first 11 weeks in 1987, and that was its total chart run at number one. So you might be wondering... Has any album spent more than its first 11 weeks at number one? I am wondering that. Well, the only album to have debuted at number one and then spent more than 11 
consecutive weeks in a row from its debut at number one was Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life, which logged its first 13 weeks at number one of a total of 14 non-consecutive weeks at number one in late 1976 and early 1977. So we are now uh, talking about Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time in the same uh, paragraph as Titanic, Whitney Houston, and Stevie Wonder. <laughs> and just to clarify, um, because I, it gave me pause, the Titanic soundtrack must not have debuted at number one. Sure correct? didn't. Okay, no. like, but it had because it had sixteen consecutive weeks once it got there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of albums where you think, oh wow, they were at number one for a million years. They must have debuted at number one. Nope. Nope. Sometimes they would debut at like number two and then go to number one. And work their way up and never leave. And never leave. <laughs> um, it's more common today for albums to debut at number right. one. Uh, a point of fact, before 1991, when our chart began using Luminate data, back then it was called SoundScan, there were only six albums before 1991 that debuted at number one. All right. Well, one thing debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart dated March 18th and has yet to depart the top slot. It has now surpassed the total number one run of Wallen's last album, Dangerous, the double album, which spent its first 10 weeks at number one back in early 2021. And it spent, again, a total of 10 weeks at number one. And it, it kind of feels like Morgan will go for 12 this week. Kind of feels that way. Kind of feels that way. Check in next week and we'll tell you <laughs> if he made it to 12, but we'll find out. Uh, last thing about this, uh, just so you have the numbers in front of you or in your ear, <laughs> the album, One Thing at a Time, earned 134,500 equivalent album units in the United States in the week ending May 18th, and that was down 5%, according to Luminate. Um, you you might be thinking, wait, didn't Bad Bunny's album have more weeks at number one last year? Didn't you guys talk about that a lot? It did. It did. It actually had 13 non-consecutive weeks atop the chart between May and October of 2022. So uh, we'll see where this uh, Morgan Wallen train ends. We sure will. Where's that caboose? We don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe around, it could, I mean, it could be this Friday with Little Dirk's album. Could be, it certainly it will be in July when Taylor's <laughs> Speak Now that's, the record comes that's, out. That's what we can say definitively. definitively. July 7th, uh, Speak Now Taylor's version will be a number one debut. Well, yeah, there's 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 no question about that. <laughs> All right, well, over on the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart, Wallen's Last Night spins a sixth week atop the list, while Luke Combs' cover of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car drives into the top 10, rising 11 to 9. Everything's coming up country. Hey, it rises with 19.5 million streams. That's down 2%. 13 million all-format radio audience impressions. That's up 51%. And 8,000 sold, which is up 15%. That's all in the week ending May 18th. As Hot 100 chart manager Gary Trust notes in his story online about the new top 10, Fast Car is a country and pop adult radio hit, much like Wallen's Last Night. It's the third top 10 for Combs, following The Kind of Love We Make and Forever After All. But this is getting airplay on stations Luke Combs has never seen. You know, it helps when you do a faithful cover of a really popular song that works uh, no matter who sings it. Correct. And also, I, don't, I wouldn't say that when you listen to it, 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 it screams country. Like it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like, his voice. It's his voice, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't sort of turn you away. No. Like it doesn't turn you off. No, no, no. Well, I mean, country doesn't turn me off anyway, well, but. I mean, it, let me say that again. 
if you're if you're not necessarily someone who listens to country music, if you hear this for the first it's time, it's not off-putting. It's not thank you. Yeah, and um, uh, as we talked about, it's a it's a musical, musically faithful rendition of the oh, song, yeah. um, and it's just a great song. Well, Combs's cover is the first remake of a 1980s top ten on the Hot 100 to also go top ten since oh. 2010 when the all-star ensemble charity single We Are the World 25 for Haiti hit number two. It was a cover of the similarly all-star 1985 number one We Are the World. The latter was credited to USA for Africa and the former was credited to Artists for Haiti. I think there was like only, maybe there might have been only like one artist that was in common between those two. I think it might have been Lionel Richie. Oh, yeah, I think I think, I think you are right. I remember like the, the newer version had like Bieber on it. Yep. Nicole Scherzinger. I, it's funny though, I was going to venture a guess before seeing your notes of what the song was. And my guess was going to be um, No Doubts It's My Life. <laughs> Which I might not have been a top ten for either artist. So. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think. I, yeah, yeah. I think that you know. Now I know what it was. <laughs> so I was wrong. Shall we talk about uh, the color purple, Keith? Yeah. So the first trailer for the color purple musical film was released this week. Um, the movie doesn't actually come out until Christmas Day, so we got a very early sneak peek. And there are a lot of Billboard favorites in there. We have um, Halle Bailey, who is uh, you know starring as Ariel in Friday's live action Little Mermaid film. Uh, she plays the younger version of Nettie, which is Celie's sister. Celie's the main character in this yeah. film. Uh, then we also have her in the film. We have Sierra in the film. Sure. Who actually plays the adult version of Halle Bailey's character. So, you know, Makes just sense. pop stars all sure. around. And uh, then we have Fantasia Barino, who returns as Celie after playing the role on Broadway and in a traveling production of the musical. Um, but Fantasia did not originate the role on Broadway. No. The first was La Chance in 2006. Um, and she won the Tony for this role. So then Fantasia was a replacement in 2007. But here's the rub. Replacements on Broadway are not eligible to be nominated for a Tony Yeah. Award. So Fantasia missed out on the opportunity to be nominated for a Tony in a role that you know, has Tony kind of written all over it. Totally. And then... Well, it truly has Tony written all over it because then they revived the musical on Broadway again in 2015. And once again, the actress who played Celie, which in this case was Cynthia Erivo, it was her breakthrough role. We all know who Cynthia Erivo is now. She won the Tony in 2016 for Best Actress in a Musical for the same role. I wonder if there was talk of having Fantasia star as... Do it in 2015? Yeah, but maybe they needed... Maybe they desired to have Cynthia Revo because, or maybe maybe Fantasia just wasn't available. Well, or I, well, so Cynthia Revo, I think, did it on the West End first. She's British. Um, mm. They did it on the West End, and then it brought, was brought to Broadway. I see. Again, um, and Cynthia, I imagine she was probably considered for this film version as well. I would have to think who's currently starring in the two-part or making the two-part mm. Wicked. Maybe she was musical. busy with Wicked. She could have been busy with Wicked. Very possible. So, but we, I'm pumped. I mean, we, Keith and I are uh, Fantasia fans, specifically like early American Idol fans of these like big diva voices. Fantasia one season three is just like an amazing singer. And this is such a cool showcase for her to be getting at this point in her career. Um, I, I, I'm sure many people thought that 
the Fantasia ship had sailed, that we wouldn't hear from her like on this scale again. And yet here she is. And yet here we are. And another person on that season was Jennifer Hudson, actually. Um, she. They were on the same season? Yeah. Oh, wow. Remember the famous week when there were the bottom three was like Fantasia, Jan- Jennifer Hudson, and one other woman, black woman on I was that season? Say that, I, 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 I kind of recall like the stage just being filled with like everyone in the bottom is like black and women. Elton like, this John is was like a guest judge. And he's like, WTF, like, what is this? Like, America, you've messed up. Like, what have you done? Well, <laughs> I mean, at least Fantasia won that season. Well, so let me <laughs> let me give you a rundown on Jennifer Hudson, who was also on Idol season three. She was in the revival of The Color Purple with Cynthia Erivo as Shug Avery. She played the character that, um, uh, let me get there, uh, Taraji B. Henson is playing in the new version of the um, the film. Uh, so Jennifer Hudson was Shug Avery. She did not get nominated for a Tony for no. her role, uh, but don't feel too bad for her because she ended up winning a Tony as a producer for the musical A Strange Loop and now has completed her EGOT, so she's totally fine. Um, but back to The Color Purple. <laughs> uh, Keith, I have not seen the original Steven Spielberg-directed film from 1985. I have. But I did don't, read the don't Alice quiz, Walker. Don't quiz me on I will not. I will it's not. been a long time. I will not. I did but read the Alice Walker book, it's, it's, though. It's a heavy film. Oh my god! I mean, the book I remember just being traumatic it's, when I was in school. It's it's a lot, and uh, but so but this is but this is different. This is a musical adaptation. It's 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 very the discourse different. online is very much like what, what is, is this? this? Yeah, because I think people think of the film nineteen eighty five film first and foremost. Um, yeah, it feels very different. Uh, did watching the trailer did anything like stand out to you? Like, did you were there th- were you just like I don't even recognize what's going on here? Oh yeah, no, I'm not the best person for that. I mean, I. It's one of those films that it was not. I remember it was nominated for like every possible Oscar back in its original year, and it won nothing. Yes, it won, or it was nominated for eleven Oscars, and yes, went won. away with zero Oscars. And it's just such a tragedy. Yeah. And then, so it's been so great to see the the, the legacy. Yeah, the, the it's it's been able to try to transform itself into a musical twice, mm-hmm. uh, a touring production, and now coming back to the big screen in a different version for a whole new generation of people to uh, sort of absorb the material in a different, more contemporary, interesting way that maybe will speak to younger people in a different way than maybe the original movie would have. Well, and there's there's a through line from the original film and this new film in that um, the producers on it are Steven Spielberg, the original director, Oprah Winfrey, who starred, not as Seely, she starred as Sophia in the original film. And got an Academy Award nomination. Yes, and then Quincy Jones, who did all the music for the original film, is also a producer on it, too. What what if this is nominated for Best Picture and Steven Spielberg, Oprah Winfrey, and Quincy Jones all share it? Get on stage? Well, I mean, obviously, talking about it being the original being nominated for 11 Oscars, that it doesn't feel far fetched to suggest no. that Fantasia could get an Oscar nomination, if not win. No, um, the, it, the, the, it's an awards movie and yeah. it's Christmas Day release. This whole thing has, you know, a Oscar bait written all over it. Yes. Um, and not because it's. You know, like you. Can, it's not pandering. No, it's like, just like a. It's it's heavy. Like we all said that about like oh cats. It's Oscar bait because it's coming out. <laughs> it's a it's a musical. It's all star cast. It's coming out on the holidays. I'm like this, the color purple. It's different. Well, you know what else was interesting? Um, reading up about the history of it all. Um, this was like. St- 
Steven Spielberg's like total right turn from the summer blockbusters he'd been doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually mentioning Quincy Jones, it was Color Purple was the first uh, Steven Spielberg film that John Williams did not do the music for because Quincy Jones did the music. You which know, makes sense. That checks out. Yeah, but it just, it's interesting. Like, there's so many pieces of this legacy. Like, I mean, and then Alice Walker's original Pulitzer Prize winning novel that all of this is based on. It's like, there's just a, just a history of like accolades and, you know what I mean? Like, and, and it's all leading to this new version that feels like, like you said, fresh contemporary and, and, and introducing to a new audience. It'll be interesting to see if they can. Um, adapt the stage musical into something on screen Mm. that will be translatable. Yes. You know, because something like, I think, you know, one of the most successful musical adaptations is is Chicago, Mm -hmm. which went on to win Best Picture. And when you watch that, you're never bothered by people breaking out into song. It all makes sense in kind of the razzle-dazzleness of it all. And so it'll be interesting. But this is like a realer story. Yeah, it's realer, it's heavier, it's it's more dramatic. And it's like how, like it's one thing to do that on stage where you kind of are walking into something knowing people are going to be singing at you. Yeah. It's another thing when you see it on the big screen or maybe streaming at home. So we'll see. But, you know, obviously, if all these amazing people are involved, it, in theory, should work. Yeah. Um, are, were we going to talk about the music? I want to talk about the music. Please. So the music goal, the music for the music whole was written by uh, three uh, incredibly notable people. Brenda Russell, who is a famous uh, R&B singer of, of, of yore, and uh, Stephen Bray, who was a songwriter and producer probably most famous for working with Madonna in the 1980s, mm-hmm. uh, co-wrote and co-produced with her songs like Into the Groove and Express Yourself, and Allie Willis, uh, who wrote songs like September for mm-hmm. Earth, Wind, and Fire, and she co-wrote the Friends theme song, and she passed away a couple mm-hmm. years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So, of course, I always then think, well, I wonder, was this movie in the works long enough ago to where the three oh, of them collaborated participated on, in an original song on for an the original movie. song mm-hmm. for the film, thus making something eligible for Best Original Song? Um, if not, you know, then perhaps, you know, maybe Stephen Bray and Brenda Russell did something new together. But, it is you know. tough because like the the big song that most people, if you know, if you know this musical at all, you probably know the song I'm Here, which is Seely's big number. And it's hard to like think about, you know, adding a, a new song within the context of the story that would be a more of an emotional high point than the one well, they already created. I will counter with that. <laughs> yes. And say, I mean, if we, if we think of keeping in the, the world of J-HUD and, and such. Dream Girls. Dream Girls. <laughs> the, the, the big number in that is uh, I am telling you I'm not going. Of course. Everyone, th- that is the song that everyone remembers. Yes. But they still wrote like three or four new songs for that movie. Mm-hmm. And then I think three of them were nominated for Best Original Song. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, they could still easily get a new hundred an, an Oscar a nomination for Best Original Song. Um, so we'll see. But I'm, I'm very I'm very excited. Uh, and uh, I as soon as I saw the news about that, I was like, jumped online. Got to watch this. For sure. Well, Broadway fans are getting fed these next like three Christmas holidays because it's going to be color purple this Christmas, 
Wicked Part 1 next Christmas, and I'm not sure. Wicked Part 2 might be the a year or two after. We'll what, see. What if they do, like, Wicked 1 and then Wicked 2 and then Wicked 2.5? <laughs> like, how they split up the last Everybody's games. already like, how are you splitting the, this into two things already? I'm like, when I saw it on Broadway, like, have you seen Wicked yes. on Broadway? Yeah, like, not on Broadway, but I've seen a production well, of I, it. I sh- I'll, sorry, I saw it in L.A. at yes. the Pantages. Okay. So I saw the, you know. the. I saw it in Detroit. Okay. Well, yeah, we saw the same touring <laughs> yes. production, I'm sure. Um, but you know, it's it's a lengthy show. But mm-hmm. you 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 know, you, it could be one movie. Yeah. But I can see why they split it into two because maybe they wanted a, a little bit more time for everything to breathe. Totally. And it's one thing to put something on stage where you can kind of like, well, we don't have to show this thing happening. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, if we have the capabilities of showing some amazing set piece, well, let's put it onto the big screen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also, they're probably banking on this thing making a ton of money. Yeah. Because, you know, it's such, an, it's such a huge property. I'll be there. It's the combination of... The Wizard of Oz, Ariana Grande, Wicked, Cynthia Erivo, Broadway, Broadway <laughs> musical, like one of the <laughs> one of the most famous musicals yeah. of like the past, like, I don't know, 40, 50 years. Yeah. It would be the equivalent of like, you know what we're going to do? I mean, I don't know if it's the equivalent, but it would be like, so we're going to make a film version of Hamilton. It's like, yeah, we're going to make that three parts. Yeah. Have they worked on that yet? That feels like inevitable, doesn't it? Although the Disney Plus side, uh, you know. Just filmed version the of film the version. of the Broadway musical is pretty excellent. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay, that's our news. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week, courtesy of Gary Trust. Oh, Katie. Yes. Which of these top ten hits on the Hot 100 from the 1980s was not covered? And became a top 10 hit again. Mm. So uh, this would mean someone had a top 10 hit with a song in the 1980s. And then later someone covered it. And it was a you know a cover, not a sample interpolation, but a straight cover. And it went top 10 again. So you're saying one of these did not do that. I'm guessing what didn't do that. One of these four. <laughs> one of these four I'm uh, about to read to you uh-huh. did not... Go top 10 again. Okay, okay. Got okay. it. So your options are Chicago's Hard to Say I'm Sorry, a number one for two weeks in 1982. Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine, a number one from 1988. Lionel Richie and Diana Ross's Endless Love, a number one hit for nine weeks in 1981. Or Roxette's Listen to Your Heart, a number one from 1989. So it turns out all four of these were number ones. One of them was not later covered and became a top ten hit again. I can't think of like which ones were covered. So I'm just I'm taking a total stab in the dark here. All right, and I'm gonna say, "Sweet Child of Mine." You actually got it right. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you edit this story? Or no, something? I sure didn't. Okay. So, uh, "Sweet Child of Mine" was covered by someone who is a friend of the podcast, Cheryl Crow. Mm. Uh, she had a airplay hit with her cover in 1999, but it didn't reach the Hot 100. Okay. I believe it was—I want to say it was a, a maybe like a bonus track on her Greatest Hits album okay. or something. Maybe oh, that sounds right. I'm not. It might have been on a soundtrack. I don't. Um, but here's the other three. Yeah, please. So Chicago's Hard to Say I'm Sorry was covered by As Yet, featuring Peter Cetera, of course, the oh voice of Chicago. Uh, it went to number eight in 1997. P- 
Peter's like, this worked well. Let's do it again. <laughs> Lionel Richie and Diana Ross's Endless Love was covered by Luther Vandross and Mariah Carey, who took it to number two in 1994. Yes. And Roxette's Listen to Your Heart was covered by DHT in a sort of Euro oh, dance yeah, version. I loved that. It went to number eight in 2005. Listen to your heart. It was that much faster. I love it. calling for you. <laughs> okay, that was there, fun. There's that, there's that whole swath of like Total Eclipse of the Heart becomes Nikki French's Total Eclipse <laughs> right. of the Heart or Brian know, Adams Heaven <laughs> becomes the new sort of dancey version or then there was uh, the Time After Time oh, yeah. remake. I actually loved that period of music. It was great. Well, it's it's literally happening again yeah, right now. Outstanding. You're right. <laughs> All right. There you have it. A little chart stat of the week about uh, uh, top tens uh, twice over. <laughs> All right. Katie, we've reached the end of our big shoe. Any parting words? I just wanted to tell you briefly about this event I got to go to last night for Cardi B's Whip Shots. You know her alcoholic whipped cream? Ooh, that's a thing? It's a thing. Oh. So it's been like a year and a half that she's been like a partner in Whip Shots. And apparently they've sold two million cans. Oh, that's what they told me at the party last night. So <laughs> people are out there buying this. And she introduced a new flavor last night, lime. And she put it on like margaritas and mojitos. And it was actually pretty tasty. But the reason I'm bringing this up to you specifically is because there were two Drag Race alumni who came and helped her make drinks at the bar. Wow. It was very fun. Who? Violet Chachki. All right. And Gottmik. Am yeah, I going to say that? Yeah, they're, okay. they're, they're kind of BFFs. Okay. It yeah. was great. They It was so fun. They were all so fun together. Did you interact with Cardi? No, I sure didn't. Oh. Were you, were you, in, in, you were. <laughs> I was close. Within a distance Hopefully of Hopefully there will be evidence on Billboard's socials okay. uh, at some point today. I sent that all to them. Um, and I'm going to do a quick article because Cardi asked Violet and Gottmik to direct a music video for her. Oh. She said, I love everything I used to do. I want you to direct a music video. And I think it was Gottmik that was like, I'll pay you to direct your music video. That's not how these deals work. <laughs> don't, don't give away the farm. <laughs> anyway, she went live on Instagram uh, with them. Like when they came out to do drinks, oh. they went live. So Did you get any samples? Did you bring it back to the office? Um, I didn't bring it here, but I got a lot of samples. So if you'd like to try it, I will bring it in. Oh, kind of interesting. Yeah, it's honestly like, I, I think it sounds crazy, but then when you taste it, it's actually, you know, delightful. She Do the commercials echo uh, the lick shots, uh, the Missy Elliott? I don't even what, know what that is. You know that you know that track. You know <laughs> that that some uh, dumb. Uh, <laughs> what's isn't it called? About. Isn't it called lick shots? I don't know. Am I going crazy? Like what's the Missy Elliott song? Um, Missy Elliott lick shot. Lick shots. I don't even know that. It was a buzz single from Miss E. So addictive. Oh. Well, I just thought that she was making a play off it, of maybe that. Maybe it is a play on that. Um, I love the way I'm like, oh, it's called Lick Shots. You look at me like I'm crazy. I'm I just like, don't know that song. Well, you you know it. I, well, <laughs> when you go listen to it later. But the the we can um, go out on Lick Shots. Yeah, let's do it. I can let's do it right now on our podcast. Let's okay. do it. Is this the end of the show? It's the end of the show. All right, we're going out on Lick Shots, <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.